From the PSIA, ASI, Safer at Home Studios in Nederland, Colorado, I'm George Thomas. You're listening to First Chair. And Chris Hargrave, gosh, I haven't seen you in like 10 years. And uh, now with COVID and everything going on, uh, I've gotten to talk to you in, twice within two months. It's been great. It's really been great getting to catch up with you. And and uh, also, I, I love that you're focusing on things that... I think bring hope and, and inspire people because, you know, that's how I see skiing and snowboarding across the board. It's just an opportunity to find our joy, find our passion and, and our purpose. Thank you, Chris. I, I really appreciate that. And that's kind of what we're talking about today because Timberline Lodge up in Oregon on Mount Hood has reopened for skiing. Yes, it has. And uh, we've been open for a couple weeks now and it's going really well. Uh, we've had a, a huge, a huge turnout and, um, support from the local crowds here and, uh, pass holders and ticket purchasers alike are registering. And, you know, the first week or so was definitely interesting because the, we only had 300 spots a day on Hill and those reservations would go in like less than, less than 60 seconds on some days. (laughs) It was incredible. So Chris, how does that work? I mean, you were saying they're gone in 60 seconds, which is unbelievable. Actually, it's not. But uh, how do people actually get a ticket? Do they have to be season pass holders? Is it open to the public? How does that work? So Timberline um, stayed open to the public. So um, it was for pass holders and, you know, ticket purchasers alike. And the way they did it is they set up, you know, it's funny because in the first week there was a big learning curve for the resort. And, you know, I only, I came on actually about a week after, a week and a half after they, we reopened because everybody was furloughed. And it was a very skeletal crew in the beginning, just enough to operate. Um, but the skier services de- department figured out pretty quick that they had to change the registration system because in the beginning you had to register one person at a time uh, on the online, uh, online registration uh, reservation system. And then they almost instantly figured out that they had to allow a whole family to, to reserve at once so that families could come together because you know, what would happen is one person would get the reservation and then two minutes later, all the reservations are gone. So they could get, you know, enough to bring their whole family. Pretty interesting. Say Chris, before we proceed, I think it's really important that we do state that, uh, what you're saying on this podcast, I mean, it could change in a week. Easily. Yeah. It's, you know, it's obviously it's a very sensitive and very volatile time, and nobody knows what it's going to look like. Uh, what Timberline has done is uh, they've done a very good job working with our local government, with the governor of state of Oregon, to develop a plan that was uh, accepted by um, the by the leadership of the state prior to opening. As well, that you know, Timberline's on National Forest Service lands, so we have to work with the Forest Service. They've done a beautiful job of crafting a plan that's allowed the resort to reopen with um, some pretty. You know, when when I first went up there, because I went up as a, as actually a guest for my first time, because I wasn't working yet, and um, I wanted just wanted to go experience it. And it felt a little a little draconian, right? Because everything's very limited, things are shut down, parts of the day lodge aren't open, and people are wearing masks. You know, it's it's a very different experience. Um, but it didn't matter. You said once you got there and you saw the snow and you knew you were going to get to go out on the snow and play, it all just kind of melted away and. Um, while it didn't feel familiar or normal at first, once I got out of the snow and started having fun with my family, it was just, I, it felt like freedom again. So it was amazing. And what Timberline has done in, in a short time to develop a plan that uh, allowed them to be flexible enough with all of their customers to meet the 
the requirements and needs of the local government and really most importantly to keep everyone safe um, as safe as possible as they move through this was, was just amazing I mean a good example is you know they opened up less of the mountain and didn't build parks because they, they're actually trying to mitigate the total the total amount of risk each day because they, they have limited capacity for example in their ski patrol room and things like that so all these things went into account there's social distancing in the lift lines um, any place where, where they can't manage the distance because you, you're well, you're allowed to stand with your family people you came with but if any place where it gets too crowded you're required to wear a mask um, you can ride the chair with your family or, or the people that you came with so your pod um, if you're inside one of the buildings you have to have a mask on you and they're they're asking uh, the, cu- the customers to manage uh, social distancing the, the six-foot social distancing but out on the hill once you're skiing or, or snowboarding it's just I mean it's not it wasn't business as usual it felt it, it felt amazing because that that feeling of oppression and fear that maybe I know I felt it a little bit when the season shut down and resorts started to shut down I went oh my gosh what's the future gonna hold that all started to go away because I went back out and started playing on snow at a resort, riding chairlifts, and it was amazing. So they've done a wonderful job up there so far. Uh, Chris, uh, by open to the public, so can people come up and have uh, food uh, at Timberline? Can they view the lodge? I mean, it is a historic site. Yeah, so things, uh, the phase one was very limited. And for food, for example, in the day, is there, at Timberline, for people who don't know, there's a day lodge, which was built in the late 70s, and then there's the historic Timberline Lodge, which was built in the 30s. And the historic Timberline Lodge has limited access, and you know, if you're a reserved hotel guest now staying there, you have access. They're, they're reopening some access now. You can go up and, and check the viewing areas. They've got, you know, they've got it all ready for summer, so the outdoor decks are open. But social distancing, distancing is required you have to have face masks you know all all those things are in place in the day lodge for food um it was when because at first you know restaurants weren't allowed to reopen so they'd had nothing and then as that as those those um restrictions changed in the state of oregon they started doing grab and go so things that were prepared or packaged and now they you know they've shifted to a small menu and They've got seating for you, but you have to space, you know, six feet, and that there are fewer tables, fewer chairs, that kind of thing. I mean, what you'd probably expect to see in other, other operations. And, and in conclusion, I, I do want to touch on summer operations because our camps and everything is is that still a go? So day camps in the state of Oregon have been approved. So day camps are are approved. Groups can travel um, to Oregon, uh, following, of course, the the you know, their home states and the state of Oregon's guidelines. Um, so I, I guess in part, yes, the traditional overnight camps have not been authorized as of yet. Um, but those, all those camps are offering day camp options, um, which I think will still be incredible. So I, you know, and then race teams, freestyle teams, elite freestyle training. We have a 22 foot pipe that's going up. Um, and we'll have you know 50 to 60 of the best pipe riders in the United States and possibly Canada if the border opens uh, like it's supposed to in June. Um, ski race teams are, are set up to come from a, across the country. Um, I've, we're you know I've, I've even even talking about trying to bring together instructors for some freestyle uh, some freestyle training and, and fun together at some point this summer. So I think there's plenty of opportunity. Yes, camps are partially a go, but the traditional overnight camps um, are still restricted. 
uh, hopefully that hopefully that changes for them as well. But if not, the day camp option is a totally viable option. There'll be great great uh, activities, and you know everyone everyone's prepared to manage and and keep their guests and their participants um, relatively safe as they as they ski and snowboard. Well, Chris Hargrave, I sure thank you very much for taking the time out of a busy day to chat with us, and uh, wish you all the best and a very successful summer season. Thank you so much, George. Great talking with you. From the PSIA ASI Safer at Home Studios in Nederland, Colorado, I'm George Thomas.